Hey, Rob. What do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hi, everybody. Uh, we are back with another of our pub, but not in a pub chats on the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. Um, my name's Tom Canning. I'm here with... Rob Davis. Uh, and we have today, we have... Uh, am I right in thinking it's our second manager? Or is, it, are you our, is Jamie our first manager? I've forgotten already how many we've done. Um, we've given the game away as well. Uh, we're here with Jamie Tompkins, the Ascot United manager. Jamie, hello. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me on as well. It's no great problem. to be here. It's uh, it's good to see you. Um, we want to start kind of just off asking sort of the obvious question. You, the it looks like the season's over. What does that mean at the moment for Ascot United? Obviously, top of the table. Um, you just beat your nearest rivals in the game. I think just before it all closed down. Um, what does that mean for for you and your club at the moment? Yeah, it's definitely a, a strange strange position to be in at the moment. Um, course we're not all used to this and yeah. you know the, the key thing is you know we're wishing everyone well and especially all your listeners well and followers during this time to stay well and hope that we can get back on the pitch very soon um but yeah very strange so we we've just beaten our last two games second place and fourth place um we're top of the league with eight games to go so it, it's sort of yeah we're disappointed that it's come to this but it is what it is and and what will be will be coming up in these next few weeks and more days maybe what the FA decide. So uh, we just yeah see what happens. It's one of those um, it's one of those sort of odd ones, especially for Ascot. Obviously, you've got you've got an artificial surface, so you've not been as affected by the weather. Your away games have obviously been affected by the weather. So you know you've you've probably played a lot more games uh, without looking at the table in front of me. But you've probably played a lot more games than a number of the teams around you, and there would definitely be a possibility, I'm sure, that you could finish the season depending on when everybody was allowed to start. Does that does that bother you? I know you, you sort of, the, the way you talk there is like, well, you know, it's what it is. But does that does that kind of make it slightly slightly tougher to take? Yeah, definitely. Um, because we've, we've played more than everyone else in the league, um, you know, it's, it is frustrating because we, we have a, a nine-point gap at the top of the table. Other teams have games in hand and, and, and you know they, they of course they may win them all they may we may drop points and but you know we we just focus on ourselves and we've done the best we can all season to get ourselves in this in top of the league um and, and we are we were definitely going for promotion we felt like we would have done it so to start the season off with 16 away games we, we've got the majority of our them, them out of the way so we can finish off with so many home games. I'd I'd completely forgotten about that fact actually because obviously the ground only reopened in was it am I right thinking it was October? October, that's and right. So so yes, you'd have got a lot of those kind of pesky away games out the way early on. So in fact, you've probably got a clear run between now and the end of the season. And wow, I did you know what when I started down this line of questioning, I hadn't realised quite how um, how irritating that's probably going to be that that having kind of the season the season called off. And of course, you know your your players are playing well. You you've got a good squad in there as well, and you know. 
I guess, but I'm not sure how that then sits for next season as a manager. How do you? Obviously, this is assuming that that Jamie Tompkins continues at Ascot United, and I won't, I won't put that <laughs> pressure on you right now. But you know, going into next season, how does that that sort of set set itself as well? Because of course, you know, you've got a squad that you don't know what level you're going to be playing at necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our squad are brilliant. They're, they're so committed and have been all season. Um, when we started off with all those away games, and uh, we've you know, we, we always like to train as much as we can. Um, and they've always been available for games. So the reward for them is promotion. They deserve it. And we want to plan for next season with them playing in step four football. But it's, it, at the moment, it, we're just in, we're in, we're in limbo. We don't know what, what to expect, uh, what will happen, um, how we then plan for pre-season, what our pre-season schedule looks like, when do we start, um, and, and just how we move forwards and how we progress. So the worst bit is just not knowing. And of course, there's bigger things to worry about, but we're all, we all don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what sort of difference in preparation is there between, obviously you're saying that you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season. Uh, what differences would there be in preparation for a, a step four season as opposed to a step five season, which I presume are the two outcomes at the moment? Either yeah. you get promoted by points per game or the season is called void. Yeah, sure. Um, the start date, um, step five seems to start a week before step four begins. Um, it's the level of opposition probably we, we play against as well, the type of opposition, um, which then means the type of players that we that we want to play and, how, and what type of style of play we want, uh, want to achieve as well. So there's... There's, there's a number of different factors, um, but, you know, it, it, still, it is very early to plan anyway. Of course, yeah. we'd be expected to finish our season at the end of April or beginning of May. Um, so we've still got plenty of time. So what will be, will be. But it's just a bit frustrating that we just don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, with, with, with the players not knowing as well, they, they the last thing they want to hear is the season is null and void. There is so much time and effort put in by... Uh, the players, um, our staff, our volunteers, everyone around the club, the supporters, just to call it null and void, it would be demotivating, a bit gut-wrenching, in all honesty. Can I, can I ask you a slightly uh, a slightly probably unfair question? Would, would you would you have the same feeling if you were at the other end of the table, do you think? <laughs> and I, I appreciate yeah. this is a, a no. crappy question to ask you. No, I, I, um, I, I, in fairness, I thought of this um, and looking back at our our own position two years ago when we were towards the bottom yeah. end of the Hellenic League. You, you are where you are for a reason. After 30 games in a season, it's, it is what it is. You either, you, you're placed where you are and it depends on your performances throughout the season. So if, if it was points per game, you just have to accept it because you shouldn't have to take 30 games for you to then change your form and suddenly win you know, five yeah. or six to, to end and, and win, you know, stay up. Of course, that is, it's a fairy tale ending for some clubs, but it is what it is. And it's a difficult decision no matter what. One, uh, one thing I think uh, you will probably be more than happy to see the back of, uh, I think it was your uh, uh, programme editor, Neil Jeffs and match reporter coined this, tray, coined this phrase, but it was the red curse at, uh, at the racecourse <laughs> ground. Um, yes. where where you inevitably lose to teams that come to the racecourse ground wearing red. I saw the first one against Guildford City, and in fact Rob was there as well, uh, and it yeah. seems to have been something that just seems to have happened, and I'm sure you'll be glad to see the back of that one. 
Yeah, definitely. It just uh, when when Neil Jeffs mentioned that to me, it was yeah, you sort of think yeah, ah oh, yeah, we we just Brighton and playing teams in red. Um, but thankfully, we overcome that curse. We we beat Southall, we beat Spellford, and we've come to us as well. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's it's funny how it all worked <laughs> out. Especially it was difficult how well we started our season, and then to finally come home to the racecourse ground and play. Guildford in red and you know in Camberley yeah. in, in red as well and, and, and lose those games which is typical but um, <laughs> but our home form has been good yeah. going into the new year and, and as it as it stands right now we've we've joined one won the most games at home in the league so we, we have that reputation of can't play on, on the Astro can't play at home but actually uh, we've done ourselves justice now <laughs> yeah it's not, not in, I think the ultimate one was uh, Red Hill which uh, which made me laugh quite a lot. I think yes, because I, yeah. I saw them play Binfield earlier in the season and they were dreadful. Um, so I was quite surprised when uh, when that when that notched up as a as an Ascot defeat. Yeah, I think everyone um, uh, play when you play top of the league. I think you raise your game, yeah. And, yeah. and we've been top of the league for probably six out of the seven months of the league, whatever it might be. Um, everyone raises their game. Plus, we've got a nice pitch to play on, nice change of rooms, nice clubhouse. Teams just generally raise their game against us, yeah. um, so it was harder for us just to keep performing to those high standards. But we got used to that and got better at that, and we've shown that it's it's worked. You I know, mean, Red Hill um, it was disappointing loss, but our form before that and after that has been great. So yeah, it's, it's been a good response. Has there been any uh, or any sort of adaptation time to getting used to a um, an as- uh, a all weather surface as opposed to the grass. Uh, I mean, obviously, as we've alluded to, uh, um, you're, you've moved, uh, the pitch has been changed to a uh, 3G surface. And uh, has it actually taken you time to get used to it? Or has it just been the results came as they came sort of thing? I think we definitely got used to it the more we, we play on it. We, we, we train on it twice a week when we can. So straight away, we tried to... Um, Know, do as much as much on the on the ball, moving the ball, manipulating the ball to get used to the surface. Um, generally, younger players are used to playing on AstroTurf mm. pitches, um, so it was it was quite a natural change um, in the end. Uh, although the results don't look, don't look like, look like that was the case, but um, you can argue with playing styles and how we play on grass and how we play on, on AstroTurf. But we we tried to keep things the same, just we didn't want to change our playing style completely because we still had to play 10, 11, 12 games on grass. So we had to be adaptable, um, but we've certainly improved as time's gone on. Um, Jamie, I know you've you've been at the club for a while. Um, am I right in thinking you had a, a youth role to start with and then a, and then the reserve team, or am I, have I got that wrong? Um, so I initially joined the club as the under-23s development right. squad manager. So um that all came about through neil richards yeah. um he, he got me on board at the club before then i didn't know anyone at the club i didn't know anyone in the local area cause I'm, I'm not from from berkshire oh, where, where are you from uh west london oh, okay. um yeah so um it, it based in Norfolk. um that's where i grew up and played football locally to there um i work for brentford football clubs community sports trust as well we back to the academy at brentford um, so that was my background, um, and it all came about through a 
the World Youth Cup in Gothenburg, where I, I was with a team, an under-18s team, um, with a friend, Sean Murphy. Um, and a lot of the players in the under-18s team that happened to play for Ascot United. Right. And that's how that's where the link has come from. That's how I got involved from there. And what's um, what's Neil like to? I I, I want to say I, I don't want to say what's he not not what's he like to work for because you know it's obviously it's a it's a it's a role that most of us do kind of on a on a sort of volunteer basis and that kind of thing. Um, I, I obviously have no idea what your status within within the club is, but what's Neil like to, to work for as a as a director of football? Uh, Neil has been fantastic since I joined. Um, you know, very very supportive in in his role as director of football. Um, does so much around the club as well and. You know, everyone gets gets along extremely well with Neil, and um, he makes it very easy to be the manager of the football club. In all honesty, um, you know, he's he's just as I said, very supportive in everything we do. Um, and yeah, we of course I worked uh, as assistant manager to him uh, when he took over as the first team manager. So um, there's a good relationship there, and and along with that, continue as well. Since you've sort of been involved in the club or certainly for the last uh, few seasons Ascot seemed to have been gaining momentum and going uh, from strength to strength I mean as you mentioned earlier um, a couple of seasons ago uh, they were sort of down the other end of the table for the, in the Hellenic Premier League and last season they had a, a good season towards the um, top half of the Hellenic and now obviously pushing towards the uh, at the very top of the combined counties is there anything sort of what has inspired this cha- um, this sort of momentum and is there anything off the pitch as well as on it that you can point to that has uh, given you this like upward momentum yeah I mean it's uh, I think we want to continue progressing um, on and off the pitch we when when Neil took over Neil Richards took over as first team manager um, for a season we, we were going through a sort of uh, a difficult period as a club um, we just wanted to come in and stabilise it, and you know, we went at one stage lost, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen games in seventeen. It was it was a real tough period, and we were bottom of the Atlantic League, but we knew we had a good group of players that were committed, um, and we're just trying hard just to make it right. And we actually finished the season incredibly well. I think we won eight or nine out of our last ten games, and we stayed up. So. Finished fourteenth in the end, which was which is a great achievement considering where he was, um, and and that's what we just pride ourselves on is is just progress on and off the pitch. And we, you know, when I this is my second season as first team manager now, um, and we just focused on a clear strategy um, agreed agreed by the board, um, a group of senior players, so we're all on the same page. We all work towards that common theme, that common goal. Um, last season was was brilliant because we've got some really good people into the club, uh, good players, and that's what we pride ourselves on: is good people first um, that are committed, and that gives us half a chance then. Because if we've got a committed group of players and we've got people to work with and improve and develop, um, and now we're seeing the real benefits of that this season, and that's why I believe we're we're chasing promotion or you know, currently first place is because we just continue building and, and keep working with our young players. Um, you've obviously got uh, a strong squad. There's some good young players in there. Who who are we, who who kind of, I suppose, in a way, who do you most enjoy working with in, in those? Is it the sort of some of the older players, the experienced players or or the younger players? And, and who really stands out in that 
in that bunch for you? Who have you got high hopes for? Oh, there's a, there's a, they're a great group of players. They really are. They're, they're a joy to work with because they're all willing to learn, um, all willing to develop. And it's a testament to them. When we finish training at half past nine, uh, Thursday evening, for example, we've still got five, six, seven of them out there training still at quarter past ten on the ash. That's the benefits of having the, the, the 3G yeah. pitch at home. But um, And no so, nearby houses. And uh, yes, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> Um, so we, we just wanted to re- recruit smartly this year. So some, having someone like Ian Davies join the club was fantastic for us. Such a really good guy. Um, one of those players that stay in after training to, to continue, um, practicing, learning, uh, getting better. Uh, we scored 24 goals this year, but he adds a real good level of experience to the younger players and has helped them develop their game as well you know good good points and life lessons if, if so to speak in football and um he's been fantastic for us this year um obviously louis bauer is our captain who's been with us since we were um you know struggling in, in the hellenic league to two years later now top and he's deserved to, to be in this position now as leading our our team to promotion we hope um in terms of younger players then We've seen so many of them develop over the last couple of years of us. So you've got obviously James Richardson, who's played for England schoolboys. Yeah. Um, he continues to develop, um, still very young, our youngest squad player, but thriving in the environment. Um, he will continue to get better and better and better. No doubt about that. Um, but then you've got players around him. Harry Laughlin, for example, this year is, is really stepped up again. He's, he's young, 22 now, I believe. Um, and yeah, he's he's still got so much to learn, but he's he's got a bundles of natural talent, um, and that's he's shown that all season. But others again, George Locke, um, well known locally, um, been, since he's been with us, he's really progressed his game. Um, ben Hodges in there too. Um, There's so many; they're, they're all really good players, and that's why they're with us, and yeah. and they'll continue to progress definitely. With, um, did you have a playing career yourself, Jamie? <laughs> I did, although it was very, very short. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I picked up an injury um, when I was only 17. Right. Um, I was playing for the Northwood Football Club, um, and yeah, it was a, it was a, an ankle ligament damage uh, that's, that's ended my my playing career. But that that's what got me started in coaching. That, yeah. That's what. Uh, the next best thing to playing is coaching, so that's that's where the journey started. You mentioned um, Brentford. Uh, you were working for Brentford. How how does that fit in with your your day to day job? Sorry, Rob, I did see you put your put your finger up there. I'll uh, we'll get we'll get get yours in afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Brentford. How does that how does that work sort of day to day with with working at Ascot or working with Ascot? Um, it's quite flexible, to be honest with you. I mean, um, we leave the weekend. Uh, to you know, it's, it's match day Saturdays. Um, I have a lot of time in the evenings, late in the evenings, to um, to plan to organise what we do moving forwards. Um, it, they don't really interfere with each other, and I, I do try to keep them separate as well. Um, but that means we just have to put in the extra hours in, um, in evenings and, and weekends um, because um, I'm, I'm all in, and I think that's everyone knows that I've, I've put everything into it. So I don't want to do things half-heartedly yeah. and I'll, I'll always want to do things properly. So, um, 
but so yeah, it, it, it's a joyous football. I absolutely love it, and that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. So I can't complain. There's no grumbles for me. <laughs> um, you've mentioned that uh, you've been first team manager. This is your second season as first team manager, and obviously uh, Ascot moved from the Hellenic division to the combined counties uh, over the last summer. So you're top of the combined counties this year. Are there any dif- uh, differences between the two divisions um, in terms of playing style or anything you can say that what's the experience like um, playing between the uh, two different leagues? Yeah, well, first of all, the, the travel is, <laughs> is much better. <laughs> um, we, we don't miss travelling all the way over to Gloucestershire eight or nine times a season, I'll give you that. Um, I think um, it's very refreshing from the Combine Counties League um, in terms of their communication um, and how they conduct themselves. It, they've welcomed us in as a club um, extremely well. Like, we're very grateful for that. And, and so have the clubs in the league. It's the, with most of these clubs, we've only played for, you know, played against them for the first time and they've all made us feel very welcome. It's a great league full of great people um, and really competitive matches. And that's all we can ask for. All, all games have been very competitive this year, some great grounds. Um, in terms of playing style, um, you do. I think you get a lot more raw talent in the Combine Counties League. A lot of, a lot of players from um, in the London coming out to play. A lot of skill. Uh, whereas I think the Hellenic League, we have a lot more teams that are organised and structured yeah. in terms of their uh, formation and, and strategy. So a real mixed bag between the two two leagues. Um, and I think that's where we've we've done extremely well is we're, we're an organised side. I, I like to think we're an organised side um, and that's where a lot of teams have come unstuck against us. Who was, who's was who been the toughest? Was there a game this season you thought, oh, yeah, we've 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 done well to get out of that with the with the points. Who was your, who's been your toughest opponent this season? Um, I have to say there was probably a home game um, against Badshot Lee yeah. um, in December. So where... We've played them what three times already this season with two FA Cup games. Yes, uh, four times. Four times, right? Well, all, all, four times. Um, that's the home game we had in in December. That was a good game, really competitive, and we. We got away with a one-nil win there. Um, there's, there's others as well. We we drew. It was the first points we dropped in the league this year away to Hamworth Villa. Um, we'd won six in a row to start with in the league. We didn't start very well. We conceded within 30 seconds. Um, went down to 10 men with, with half an hour to go. Managed to get a penalty in the 92nd minute. And Harry Laughlin stepped up and slotted it <laughs> into the corner, and we walked away with a point. And we're thinking, how did we get away with that? Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the ones that stand out. Those two. <laughs> sort of following on from that, are there any big season highlights so far this year, that, uh, or the past eight months, or whatever it is that you're uh, um, you can call back on and yeah, enjoy I the think... memory of? Um, the biggest highlight for us is the the FA Vars win at home this year, uh, at home to Abbey Rangers. Yeah, we won seven nil. That was a night of um, just realizing potential. All of our young players really performing at their best, and to win in the manner we did was was exceptional. It was a, such a good night. Um, another one would have been the League Cup 
third round tie uh, away to Ballum, where we played in, at the very young side that night, uh, an average age of 19. Uh, James Richardson was captain at 18. Uh, and we won 2-1 and progressed into the quarterfinals. So that was another really proud night for us. It demonstrates the pathway we have at our club, where we had a few under-18 players starting the game or on the uh, substitutes bench. Um, so it shows that we've got a, a really strong pathway for them to continue progressing with us as a club. Um, and the, probably the final one, probably the most enjoyable one for me, and the players will definitely know this, my, and, our, and our management team as well. We, we were away to Guildford City in January, and it was a horrible day. <laughs> the, the pitch was horrible. It's probably the worst pitch we've played on this season or the last few seasons. Uh, yeah, not nice place. Um, went down to 10 men again, uh, half an hour in. Um, but we managed to go 1-0 up after that and we managed to hold on uh, for that, 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 that amount of time for the win. So it meant a lot to us as a group of players at that yeah. point because we, we felt that was that would kick us on for the rest of the season. So that was the most enjoyable. Um, just wanted to round off, uh, just uh, just round off our chat. Rob, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, not at the moment, no. It's really um, cool. Jamie, I just wanted to ask, how far can Chris Ellis throw it? <laughs> Uh, very far, very very <laughs> far. He could he could easily throw the the ball from one box to the other if he wanted to. Easy. Yeah. Has he has he got the longest? Has he got the longest throw that you could that you that you can think of? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. What a joy to watch. I, I still I, I still can't believe it when I, when I keep when he does it. It, yeah. it takes my breath away all the time. It's unbelievable. What a weapon. <laughs> Because he's, he's also <laughs> blessed with, um, once he gets going, he's blessed with quite some pace as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. He used to uh, to run for GB Athletics when oh, he was younger. Okay. So that's where the pace comes from. Right. So when he gets going, he, there's no one stopping him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, Dave, plays with or played with Chris in a, in a Sunday league team up, up towards Maidenhead. And um, he's sort of telling me about him. And I, didn't, I looked at the bloke and I thought, well, I don't really, I'm not sure about that, mate. Where are you getting that from? But <laughs> I, he must be, that, even like Sunday league, that must terrify uh, a hungover left back. Is he? Is he a right back? Is he playing uh, right back? Chris? He's a uh, centre back. Centre back. Either way, the terrifier hungover defence. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just uh, and then just just last question we've been asking everybody. Um, while we're all sat here in isolation, um, box set you are either watching or could recommend for people to uh, get on board with. Oh, good question. Um, I've watched the the Stranger on Netflix recently. Right. Um. Peaky Blinders as well is always a good one if you haven't seen that. <laughs> um, and to be fair, right now I'm in isolation. Now is I'm, I'm watching only Fools and Horses over oh. and over, and over again. So, you know, <laughs> what you can't, a great you can't idea! Go wrong with that. What a yeah. great idea! <laughs> hadn't even occurred to me to go back and uh, go back and rewatch some of those. Um, yeah. Jamie, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, I hope uh, I hope you're well. Hope the family's well, and hopefully we'll see you all, each thank other you. all back out on a pitch as soon as we can um i'll just to finish off much. then um okay that is our latest podcast with jamie Tompkins, the ascot united manager uh you can find out more about us on the football in berkshire website you can find us on facebook just search football in berkshire or find us on twitter at fi berkshire uh, and if you find our podcast please give us a rating because it means more people will listen to them and who wouldn't want to listen to this uh, so in the meantime, I'll, that's all. That's all from me. Uh, all is left is to say, bye, bye, bye. bye.